Presentation from Richmond Sports Properties. And thanks for listening to Spider Athletics on 99.5 FM and 950 AM ESPN. Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders basketball. It's the best part of Monday. Time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web with head coach Chris Mooney. Plus your texts, emails, and tweets. Tonight's show is brought to you by Lux Chevrolet, CarMax, Bright Suite, Food Lion, and by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-638-9508. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at Richmond Athletics, or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, with Coach Mooney. This is Behind the Web on ESPN Richmond and the Spiders Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College. Shot clock goes off. They're going to let play continue, and Gilliard's going to get a layup. That was good defense by Richmond. Physical, got up on him, really challenged everything that time in the half-court game. Gilliard for Golden, top of the key, three-pointer is good! Three for Golden and a tenth assist for Gilliard. Caressi counted and one for Sal. Yeah, Sal's playing with a lot of confidence. He expected that to go in. He said, yes, that's right. Powered it up. Well, just like Sal Caressi and Greg Beckwith, we are powered up and we are ready to go for an hour of Spider and College Basketball Talk with you behind the web for this Monday night, our last 2020 edition. We will tell you to start the program. We'll take a couple of weeks of holiday hiatus and then be back with you when the calendar flips to 2021. So one more opportunity here for the next 58 minutes or so to talk Spider and college basketball with you on Behind the Web in 2020. We are going to have a powerful show tonight. We thank you for joining us as we've been doing. We're doing it virtually. We are doing it remotely. Bob Black here. Greg Beckwith is on board with us tonight as well. And Coach Mooney, of course, to join us in just a moment. Tyler Burton will be our special player guest. He's coming up with us at the bottom of the hour. Matt Joseph is producing our program. By all means, please interact with us behind the web at richmond.edu. If you'd like to email a question or comment, text us 804-638-9508. Coach Mooney, good evening. How are you? We are trying to connect once again with Spider Basketball Coach Chris Mooney. We'll give it a couple of shots, and if not, we'll go back to the old-fashioned method. We'll do it via the cell phone, which is now the old-fashioned method in this day and age. Chris, you with us? Hey, Bob, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. We've got you on live. You doing okay? I'm doing okay. Just sometimes I get, uh, it just becomes static, so I'm trying to find the best place to stand. Well, keep moving around until we find the best place. We can hear you just fine, but if you have issues hearing us, just let us know, and we'll work it out. And as I just said, Chris, eventually, if it doesn't work, we'll go back to the old-fashioned method, and that's the cell phone. Uh, All right, so let me start here with you, Chris. And this isn't really where I was going to start tonight, but the good news of the day is another Play of the Week honor for Richmond. Tyler Burton with the back-to-back double-doubles and a huge three-game week is the Atlantic 10 player of the week and i got to thinking this afternoon chris if before the season started somebody said who do you think will be the first two richmond spiders to win atlantic 10 player of the week honors i think you would have had a really heated debate between grant golden jacob gilliard and blake francis and i'm not so sure the names nathan ko and tyler burton would have entered into that discussion. And yet, here we are, Nathan Ko and Tyler Burton, as the first two Spiders to be Atlantic 10 Players of the Week. I know that's not the end-all honor, Chris, but what does that mean? What does that speak to for those guys and the balance that your team actually has? Yeah, I was uh, really happy for Tyler. And, um, you know, that's a really good honor. Again, a 14-team conference. Uh, with the schools at our level to be recognized 
for anything is really is really an impressive achievement and um, very happy for him and and proud of him and yeah you're right Bob I, I you know when you when you say it like that those two guys are early here in the season both guys have been honored and um, you know when you would have anticipated Jacob Blake or, or Grant and I, I think it's great I think for for Nathan you know what a testament to how much work he's done and how far um, he's come during the course of his career and you know to have been uh, you know just to be the player that he is today and uh, is just really really impressive just steady improvement since he's since the day he's been here and for Tyler you know I, I think that certainly when you get to see him I think people really uh, have uh, an appreciation or more more people get can get an appreciation just for how special of a player he can be uh, I think this won't be his last player of the week honor and um, you know he, he's you know the game against Northern Iowa was ju- just tremendous numbers and then um, you know against West Virginia he, he competed he he competed on the backboard he he you know he can he can just do a little bit of everything or a lot of everything and uh, certainly has the brightest of, of futures ahead of him so, Chris, how do you view this past week, a two-in-one week for the Spiders? We've already talked about the Wofford game with our show last Tuesday, but beyond that, the Northern Iowa win midweek at the Robbins Center and then the loss yesterday at 11th-ranked, now 8th-ranked West Virginia. I'm sure if you went into the season and said you'd get a win over a top-15 team and go one-and-one one against them, you'd, you'd feel like you'd done something uh, pretty good to this point. But how do you feel about the two-in-one week for, for your guys? Yeah, so, you know, again, I, I, I really emphasize the Wofford game, um, you know, to, to, have, <laughs> to have not been in the gym uh, for five days and then to have one day of preparation for a college game is a real challenge and, uh, and a really big win for us. And Northern Iowa, who I think is, you know, has a chance to be a great team and, um, you know, has what is always just such a difficult team to to defend against a difficult team to score against a really an outstanding team and then you know the West Virginia game I I, I you know I'm only uh, you know it's frustrating because the the margin got you know from the it gets so great at halftime uh, you know and watching the film uh, you know they, they shot the ball extremely well you know that, that was really the story of the game and you know and watching it you know I, I felt like we we were there with a hand and 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 kind of defended pretty well and they and they shot well for a team that's you know doesn't usually shoot that well and so and we we didn't you know uh, expect them to shoot poorly but we certainly thought that we did a lot of the things that we did in order to to help with the uh, with the size and strength they have inside and they shot the ball to their credit extremely well and and um, you know. I think it was even on the backboard, or maybe we were a minus one on the rebounding. But you know, it just goes to show you how meaningless one in particular one particular statistic is. Uh, it could it could be any stat in a, in a game when, when it doesn't have context. Um, you know, for us, if you had said we would go to the foul line, you know, much more than they did, and you know, out rebound them or be even on the backboard, you know, I would have said we would have probably won the game going away. Um, you know, of course, the, the shooting. Their shooting and then our uh, turnovers, which were you know untimely for us, was was the difference in the game and and, a, and um, too big of a difference for us to really overcome, uh, you know after halftime. Coach, this is Beck, and uh, one of the things uh, I listened to Jacob Gilliard state to us after the I think it was the Wofford game. He said, you know, we're winning these games, and and Beck, we really haven't played the best basketball yet. We're still winning and, and competing so how comforting is it to know that you still haven't played your best basketball still have four wins and one loss so far yeah you know i i would agree with that uh for jacob and, and i think we've had uh, stretches and possessions where we've been great you know we've looked very good and clicked um you know all, almost in every game even yesterday uh but we've had stretches where we you know where it's just like anything you know it's not You'd like to just say, "Hey, let's just pick up where we left off last year, fellas." And, and of course, that's not that's not the way anything works. Uh, then you throw in, you know, not having Nick, and it's a new season, and uh, you know the disruption be, be, before Wofford. So, uh, but I, I agree. I think that um, we last year we, we started out the season, 
I think we gave up 99 points and 92 points in our first two games, and we were really committed to being good on defense. And by the end of the season, statistically, we were you know a top 50 defense in the United States. And so this year we're starting off far better than that, uh, but but still with need of of improvement. Uh, and what's really uh, unusual going back to yesterday's game is. Coming into yesterday's game, we had to defend the three-point line probably as well as anybody in the country. I think we were holding teams at like 24% from out there. And, um, but that's what, that's what you don't know. And, and I, I've talked to our guys in the past about you know, being better than another team is, relevant, is irrelevant once the season starts. You know, being better than someone is good for the, you know, talking about the team in the offseason and ranking teams and things like that. Once the, once the games start, it's completely irrelevant who's better. You know, it's just who wins that game. And, um, you know, yesterday I don't think we gave a good enough account of, of who we are and the, the team we are. And West Virginia had a whole lot to do with that, you know. And, and I think if they were to shoot like that, they're, they're easily one of the top uh, few teams in the country. So I think we are and need to be committed to getting better defensively um you know when 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 that kind of thing happens what adjustments can we make not not just adjustments at a timeout or halftime but what adjustments can the guys make on the court in real time in the game to to help us get out of that possession with a stop or get out of two possessions with a stop and then offensively just we just need to play we just need to continue to play uh every game as i've said whether it's four possessions or up to 10 possessions where we're really moving and the ball zipping around, uh, you know, which is how we feel like we play our best. Uh, and that just can, needs to continue to double and, and become the whole, the entire half or three quarters of the game. And, and I think we'll get there and just needs to take some, you know, a commitment on everybody's part and continuing to work at it. One guy that uh, I know a lot of fans and, and everyone was excited to see get on the floor a little bit was uh, Connor Crabtree. Talk about his progression and and his upside for the for the uh, for the guys in the team. Yeah, thanks, Becca. You know, Crab was uh, first of all, I thought he played great. It was limited. You know, he only played a minute and a half or so, but you know, I, I think if you know being on the court, you could certainly tell just his energy, uh, the intensity, his his competitiveness, really evident. Uh, he had a very good practice um, on Saturday before we left to go to West Virginia. Very good practice. You know, he could play any number of positions. He, you know, he, even at practice, he he was guarding Nathan uh, at the forward. He's playing a little bit of guard. Uh, he shoots the ball very well. Uh, and then today we ha- we had uh, some workouts and Crab again did very well. Played well. Uh, felt good. So I think you know. Uh, you know, we were saying before the game in terms of putting Crab in. That's a tough, that's a tough game to go into <laughs> as, as you're coming back. You know, you'd rather that one be. You know, you'd rather have it be a game where you could say, "Hey, Crab, I'm going to put you in for these four minutes. You know, get your feel for the game and see what you have." And of course, that's never going to be what it's like against West Virginia. Um, but I think that now, you know, us having seen uh, these last three or four practices, him playing a game. Uh, where he is in terms of his conditioning and, and mentality, that he'll he'll be in the rotation and and be, you know, he's a good player. Um, he's competitive. He shoots the ball really well. Uh, he's versatile, um, confident. I mean, he, he's going to be he's going to add something to our team. Kind of like uh, Jalen Hurts coming in against the New Orleans Saints there, Chris. That worked. That worked out. That worked that, out okay. That worked out pretty well, Bob. That worked out pretty well. So maybe it'll work out similarly for uh, Connor Crabtree. Certainly off to a good start in those last couple of minutes, minute and a half of the game yesterday. Hey, do you subscribe in the theory that that a loss? this early in the season can actually be a good thing for a team and that you have an awful lot of way to go where you can use it as a measuring stick down the road to make the improvements that you want to make. Yeah, I do, Bob. I, I think that, you know, with as many games uh, that we play in college basketball, uh, and it be uh, some, some somewhat fewer this year, but with as many games as you play, you know, like, uh, you know, Great, great teams. Uh, you, you know, un, un being undefeated is, is, you know, not really a possibility um, like it is in college football for, you know, for the, for the very top teams. Um, and especially if you're going to challenge yourself in, in, your, in your non-conference schedule. You know, it, it's just something that's really difficult and, 
you know, it's, it's, it's very, very maybe impossible to achieve. So I do. I think that playing really good teams is important. And, you know, when, when you prepare, certainly you can't prepare for West Virginia's size or their speed. Uh, but the next time we play a team like that, uh, and there'll be, there'll be some, some aspects of that uh, at, at Vanderbilt just in terms of the athleticism and the size of the players, that gets you prepared for that. And that gets you that, you know, now you know how much quicker that player is, how much longer his arms are. But you have to play against that. You can't simulate that. Or, uh, and as much as you talk about it or watch it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have, have an impact. So I do think that for a lot of reasons, you know, uh, for us to understand how challenging a season is, just to be reminded of that. And then for us, when we go to play against the best teams on our schedule and the high major teams that you say like you, you have that understanding you know what when you're when you get a hedge from the a 610 um, you know physical specimen who can really move his feet at West Virginia that has an impact on you and you start to say oh well you know I'm not I, I'm he's kind of dictating to me where I'm going to go with the ball next uh, so let me do that as quickly as possible. I, I just think you can only learn from those if you, if you experience it uh, playing against those types of teams. Hey, one more on West Virginia, Chris, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll start to look ahead to this week. Um, Bob Huggins uh, was very complimentary, particularly of the Spider offense, and somebody asked him, well, what impressed him about the Spider offense? We played his soundbite on our pregame show yesterday, and he said, well, they have a really good coach. They have a really good point guard. They have a really good big man. But the thing that really impressed him the most was that every one of them can pass the ball so well. They always or almost always put it on the hands of the receiver and put it in the shooting pocket to give them the opportunity. When you hear something like that, is that kind of the point you're driving home to your guys and what this offense is supposed to look like when it's clicking and you get that kind of comment and perspective from a coach such as Bob Huggins. Yeah, well, that's that's extremely um, that's extremely complimentary and, and uh, really nice to hear. And uh, maybe he would have second thoughts after yesterday, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe that's why they didn't let us pass. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And and I think like you know where um, as as our, as Richmond basketball has evolved and. The players we can attract and 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 the players we can you know help develop have gotten re, you know really really good. Uh, I think there's a you know when when Beck played uh, you know just just hearing stories from Coach Tarrant and, and from the guys who played for him. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a pretty strict script on how they played in terms of you know what they were going to do on offense and you know probably when we first got here. It was a pretty strict script, and it was very laid out. Now, we, we've always prided ourselves in letting the players make the decisions, but those decisions might be a little bit limited, and we were very deliberate in how we were playing. I think now we have a really, we're, we're, we have a very fine balance, uh, and I think it's what makes us very good on offense, of guys being really aggressive, but knowing how to play and being skillful enough to involve everybody in, in the offense. So it's not quite as strict. And, you know, we shoot far earlier in the shot clock and we, we really try to take our opportunities in transition. And Jacob has a ton of freedom, as does Grant, um, to, to make their decisions. Now, that, that uh, you know, the handshake agreement is that, that those decisions are what, how we play and what, what, what we teach. But there's more, um, I think it allows us to be more aggressive. And so I think that makes us that much more difficult to defend. So, um, yes, but that's always a fine line because if, if we're not aggressive and we're passing beautifully, that's not going to get us the best results. If we're aggressive but not passing, that's not going to get us the best results. I think the the key is always trying to, and that comes down to each possession. Each possession being as aggressive as we possibly can, but passing the ball very well and playing a, a style that we're comfortable with and that we, we every day review and talk about and try to make better. 
I would love Beck to comment on that historical perspective you gave, Chris, but we're up against a break, so remind me, we'll get Greg Beckwith to give his perspective when he was the point guard running the spider offense way back in the day under Coach Tarrant. Right now, we'll take a timeout. If you care to comment or question on anything we've been talking about, behind the web at richmond.edu via email, 804-638-9508 via text. This is Behind the Web. You're in tune with Richmond Basketball on 99.5-1027 FM, 9.50 AM ESPN. Buy your next truck from Luck. Luck Chevrolet in Ashland has the redesigned 2021 Tahoe and Suburban ready for you to order and drive away. For a smaller SUV, they also have the all-new Trailblazer and the new Blazer available in all-wheel or front-wheel drive. Let Luck put their 100 years of experience to work for you. Visit them on Route 1 in Ashland, online at LuckChevrolet.com or call 798-9261. Luck Chevrolet, since 1916. What's up, guys? Noah Goldberg here, host of the Spider Scoop podcast. Make sure you check out our latest episode featuring Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports, National College basketball writer. Check it out anywhere you get your podcasts on ESPNRichmond.com or their all-new mobile app. City of Richmond residents, the biggest economic development opportunity in city history will be the awarding of the Richmond Casino License. The city is taking a short online survey asking for your input as to what is important in awarding this license. African-American participation in casino jobs, contracting, and ownership is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for black economic advancement in Richmond. And your voice can be heard by participating in the city survey, which can be found at blackcasinorva.com. The only certain path to more black jobs and more black contracts is through black ownership in the Richmond Casino. The survey will ask you to rank the importance of minority business enterprise or MBE ownership in the casino. And this is where you can vote for black inclusion. Black casino ownership will guarantee black opportunity. We should not be left out. Go to blackcasinorva.com to take the city survey and vote for minority ownership and black inclusion in the Richmond Casino development. Let your voice be heard. Sponsored by Urban One Inc. Hey, it's Bob Black coming up on the Tuesday Sports Huddle. Norm Wood from the Newport News Daily Press and Nick Ashew from NBC Sports Washington. Join us Tuesday at 8, 99.5-1027 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web on 99.5 and 102.7 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Spider Sports Network. Now to Gilliard out front for a stop and pop three. Comes off the screen, nails it from long distance. Gustafson spinning into the lane. Gives to Francis. Top of the arc. Three way downtown for the left-hander is good. Goose took that extra dribble to give him that one extra second to get more open. What a nice play. Welcome back. Behind the web, 99.5-1027-FM, 950-AM ESPN. Bob Black, Greg Beckwith, and Spider Head Coach Chris Mooney coming up in just a few minutes, a little past the bottom of the hour. Tyler Burton, Atlantic 10 Player of the Week, will join us. He's our special player guest coming up. You know, Chris, I was looking at the Atlantic 10 and the standings today, and there are still two teams that have yet to play a game, three other teams that have only played two games, And then, lo and behold, your opponent this week out of conference, the first of two opponents, Vanderbilt, is another team that's only played two games so far this season, one of them yesterday against Mississippi Valley State, and a win for Jerry Steckhouse's team. What's the challenge there of scouting and starting to prepare for a team that I know you've got last year's game to look at, but they're a different team. They've lost a couple of very key pieces uh, that's only played two games so far this season. Yes, we never should have taken the commercial break because we were very well connected with Coach Moody in that first segment. And then we seem to have had him drop out during the commercial timeout. So we will try and patch him back in. Meantime, Greg Beckwith, I'll fire that question at you instead. Uh, first of all, if you're an Atlantic 10 team that hasn't played a game yet or has played, like I said, two games, that's got to be so frustrating, and this Vanderbilt team is very much like that, having played just two games going into the Spider Contest on Wednesday afternoon. It's a little different, and uh, you know these teams want to get out and play. In normal circumstances, they'd have six, seven, eight games already under their belt. So, you know, you look at Vanderbilt, um, kind of a younger team. They lost Neesmith, who who got drafted, uh, left the, left the uh, team for early draft 
for the NBA, and they're leaning on younger guys like a Scottie Pippen Jr., Bob, who's averaging you know 18 points in his first two games. So they probably really want to get out and play and get some experience under their belt. And, and to play a veteran, experienced team like Richmond, it's going to be a tough chore, but a, a good challenge for them as well. Let me uh, focus on the Atlantic 10 then for just a moment. Uh, what do you think the guys at Fordham and St. Bonaventure are going through right now? <laughs> well, anxiety. They really want to play. That's <laughs> yeah, just tough. I, you know, it's a situation where you hate to see the, uh, teams not being able to play in the month of December. just puts you way behind, in my opinion. They're probably tired of you know, scrimmaging one another and playing against one another, really anxious to get out there and play uh, somewhat differently. So it has to be tough mentally for them as players and coaches at this point. All right, Chris, I guess we never should have taken the commercial break because it forced you to drop <laughs> off. Are you back now? I'm back on now. Sorry about that. We should go commercial-free radio yeah. and just do the entire show, and we'll get out 15 minutes early and be, and be good with it. Um, my premise here, Chris, was the first of the two opponents this week in Vanderbilt is a team that has only played two games. I know in our own conference you got Fordham and St. Bonnie who haven't even played and then three others that have only played two. What about from your perspective and the challenges in trying to scout and prepare for a Vanderbilt team that even though you played them last year, as Beck just mentioned, they're missing some guys from that team and how you go about preparing for a team that you don't have a whole lot to go on. Yeah, you know, it it does. It's it's you know, usually by this time of the year the early season shuffling and different starting lineups has kind of settled down for most teams. And, um, you know, uh, but of course this year's is so different and, you know, they played in their two games, which were over two weeks apart, they played different guys and different lineups. And, you know, there's, there's no, there's not one thing you couldn't point to very many things that happened in both games, you know, and uh, so it, it does create a challenge, obviously more, more of a challenge for them because they haven't had quite as much opportunity, uh, but it does create a challenge. And, you know, um, you know, last year, you know, they, they had two, two, both of their guards were, were drafted. You know, Neesmith was a, was a lottery pick and Saban Lee was a second round pick. So that was a pretty talented team uh, that we had in the Robin Center last year. And, uh, of course, anybody would miss those guys, uh, but then to, to have been, you know, hung up like they have been, and, and I don't know if they're doing workouts some days, practices some days, but obviously a big challenge for them and, you know, a little bit of a challenge for us in terms of determining who's going to play, who's going to be dressed, and, and could because when they, you know, it is different when they're older guys uh, play, you know, they're just much more comfortable with their playbook and, and, and what they're trying to do. When it's all the younger guys, it, it's not quite as detailed in terms of their playbook and everything that they're doing at both ends. So we'll have to see and, and try to get a little bit of inside scoop. But if we can't, we'll just have to see once the game starts. And I thought Greg Beck yep. would that a question there, but maybe but, he's dropped well, off. There well, you go, Well, I did Beck. for a second. There you go. <laughs> Coach, I, I want to talk about Sal Caressi. We haven't mentioned him in the first segment, and just so pleased to see his 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 maturation and what he's doing so far early in the season. And kind of give us assessment of what you see in practice and how he's been playing these games. And again, Chris, were you able to hear Greg's question? Apparently, we lost Chris again. So I'll tell you what, let's take our bottom of the hour break because this will get us back on schedule. See, I'm trying to spin this positive as I can. Let's take the bottom of the hour break because Tyler Burton is poised to call in and we'll have him on. He's the Atlantic 10 Player of the Week. He's coming off a of back-to-back double-doubles and we've got an opportunity to catch up with the Spider sophomore when we come back. Behind the web, 99.5, 1027, FM, 950 AM, ESPN. With so many home security systems out there, I needed a good reason for the one I chose. BrightSuite gave me lots of them. BrightSuite's home security system is from Dominion Energy, a company I already know and trust. It uses a dedicated service to stay connected if my power and Wi-Fi go out. There's an app so you can control the whole thing, and you can even choose whether to install it yourself or have them do it. Visit BrightSuite.com to learn more. BrightSuite is an unregulated affiliate with services unrelated to those offered by Dominion Energy Virginia. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News! 
A study says that soft talkers do not make great radio personalities. We asked local librarian Steve Sage about this, and here's what he said. Honestly, I don't buy it. I think I make very captivating radio. Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to manage your policy with the Geico app. So switching is a really smart decision. How does Steve feel about this? I love the Geico app. I use it all the time. That's obvious news from Geico. Obvious news! How would you like to win $50,000? Make the right picks in the ESPN Richmond Pro Football Challenge, and your pockets could be lined in green. Go to ESPNRichmond.com to get all the details and register. Hey, sports fans, this is Ultimate Vegas Insider John Anthony, and I'm on fire. To prove it, I'm releasing your Monday Night Report absolutely free on a recorded message line. Call 1-800-814-9317. I love tonight's matchup. Baltimore-Cleveland is a monster. Side and total. Critical information confirmed tonight, plus college hoops. Five big plays. John Anthony has you covered. I love to go 5-0, and and it's absolutely free. Recorded message 1-800-814-9317. 317. Information wins. John Anthony Sports number one against the spread. Baltimore Cleveland is huge. 1-800-814-9317. You want information? I've got it. Hey, Richmond, this is Mike Greenberg, and we're your home for championship radio with Central Virginia's most play-by-play year-round. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Let's get back to the show behind the web. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College and ESPN Richmond. KO the Spider rebound to Gilliard in transition to Tyler Burton for a tomahawk. One hand jab by Burton. Burt, wing right, drives in, packs his way into the lane, working air against the freshman guard, turnaround jumper, good over Bourne, and a foul and a move by Burt. Tyler Burton has his 10th rebound. He's got his first collegiate double-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds for the sophomore, Tyler Burt. He has been the man of the hour for the Spiders tonight. And now I'm going to ask him to be the man of the hour for our show tonight and try and patch things together with some duct tape and bubble gum and paper clips, perhaps, to string us all together so we could all talk with the Atlantic 10 Player of the Week. Tyler Burton, the 6'7 sophomore forward, joins us. Average 16 points, 10 rebounds in three games. Shot 50% from the floor, 46% from three-point range. Had the 21 points, 13 rebounds, career highs for his first double-double in the win Wednesday over at Northern Iowa. Tyler, congratulations. Thanks for joining us this evening. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on the air with us. Bob Black, Greg Beckwith, uh, Coach Mooney is with us as well on Behind the Web here up until 7 o'clock tonight. So what was the feeling Wednesday night as you went through that game, Tyler? As I mentioned, career highs in both those categories. Uh, the end result was your first double-double, but just kind of take us through how good you felt out there on the court in helping your team to that win. Yeah, it was a good feeling. Uh, it was really just good to win. I uh, just wanted to get out there, show people that we're good, show people that we're great. And I uh, just really get a win. That was the main focus. I will never forget the first conversation that I did with you when you stepped foot on campus. And I said, you know, what do you want to be able to do here? And the first word out of your mouth was rebound, which I think put a smile on a lot of people's face us. Take us faces. Take us through your mentality of being the type of rebounder that you're becoming. Yeah, in high school, um, especially on the AAU circuit, uh, I kind of went through a slump, wasn't really – wasn't really shooting the ball well, wasn't really scoring the ball well, and the only way I could really stay on the floor was to rebound. I mean, I had a five-star and a bunch of other guys around me, and that's where I really learned that you can impact the game without scoring, and uh, you can always get find your way into the box score with those rebounds. Tyler, when you play these first five games as a starter, what's been a difference for you individually coming in as a starter versus coming off the bench as you did last year? Um changed besides the minutes i mean my mentality is still the same the team just needs me to step up a little bit more with the absence of nick Sherrod. but i think in general just making plays and impacting the game like i did as a freshman it's the same thing just coming off the bench just not coming off the bench anymore and then with those individual games what has been the difference because every game takes its own kind of its own identity so talk about the west virginia game and in the kentucky game versus uh uni game in a Wofford game. Can you talk about the differences and what you had to adjust during those games? Um, I think the main adjustments were just the physicality and the intensity. I mean, Kentucky is 
known as being a long athletic team, so it's much harder to rebound against them than than a team possibly like Wofford. But uh, at the same time, it's they're still Division One college basketball players. They're still good. They're still physical. A team like West Virginia, who's the leading offensive rebounding team in the country, they're going to crash the boards a little bit harder than Northern Iowa. But at the same time, you always got to hit your man. You always got to box out. You always got to rebound. It's still, it's still the same core fundamental principles. Hey, you were uh, telling us the story on the, I think, TV post game the other night about you and your dad and talking about getting that first first double double. Uh, what was that whole conversation like? Um, he just said, uh, "Good job." He's proud of me. Uh, just you know, normal things a dad would tell his kid. Um, but he t- he told me not to uh, not to let it get in my head too much. Uh, still, long long way to go. Just getting started on my journey, really. And um, this is just a start. And now it's time to really just take it up a notch and just take it as far as you can. Have you noticed that you're any mentally different being a starter now as opposed to what you did last year and coming off of the bench? Um, I think mentally just I'm more comfortable out there. Uh, I'm older than I was last year, obviously. And then I think my teammates, their their confidence is growing in me as well. Uh, last year I'm a freshman. I'm new. Uh, the only freshman, really, and you, you don't really know what to expect. Whether you, No matter how much time you spend together, it's, it's going to take time for your chemistry to click. And now that I'm in year two, we already have a year under our belts. Um, we didn't get the full summer, but we still get, did get somewhat of a summer experience. So I think just we're clicking on all cylinders now. And I think our chemistry is just better than it's ever been. And I think it's just going to keep improving uh, because we're going to keep getting older, going to keep getting better, going to keep getting more mature. And they just keep integrating me more and more and more into the offense. And I'm just becoming more comfortable. Well, I, I want to go back to the double-double and your, your conversation with Dad. So did your dad inform you how many double-doubles he had in his career? Uh, he did not. He did not. <laughs> if you have the number, I'd love to hear it. But uh, I'm going to try to beat him out. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. What did you say? You want to beat him out? Whatever it was, what did you say? You're going to beat him out. But, uh, no, seriously, uh, Tyler, talk about – I asked Coach Booty with this question as well, but Connor Crabtree coming back, uh, getting on the floor. How excited were you guys as players to see him based on all the injuries he has gone through for last year and get back on the floor this year? You know, so excited. It's, I came in with Crab. It's crazy to think uh, that he just played his first game yesterday. But um, he's just been working so hard. I mean, the hips, the hips, uh, his hips just haven't let him put in the work that he's really wanted to. And he's just been so hungry. Uh, just talking to him on the court, off the court, he's just so zeroed in and dialed in on getting back and getting to 100%. And now he's finally there, and he's just taking advantage of his opportunity. I love to see him out here. Hey, Tyler, at the end of that game, and I realize it was the end of a, a game and we were on the wrong end of a, a blowout score, but there was Connor Crabtree and there was Isaiah Wilson and there was Jai Bailey. Does it run through your head at all that, and we're not trying to rush this season, we're embracing what's going to happen for this season, but does it run through your head at all that, wow, these are my guys for the next couple of years? Yeah, definitely. I think it's something I talk about a lot, um, especially – when um when it's just us, like there's going to be a day where it's just us. I mean, it's it's great having Grant, Gilly, Blake, Nate, but there's going to be a day where it's just us. And there's going to be a day where a lot of people are doubting us, and it's going to come down to us sticking together and really buckling down and getting the job done. How much are you helping along, guys? And we've talked about this, I know, like Isaiah, Isaiah and Jai and and Andre Weir, who's who's obviously had a little bit of a rough start uh, with his college basketball season, and and getting him on the right path and making sure those guys are on the same page with the rest of you. A lot. Just uh, me being a sophomore. I, I mean, uh, I was a freshman last year. I think I'm, I was the closest to being a freshman uh, now. So I think I just tell them, just stick with it. It gets tough. It's, it's hard being a freshman no matter where you go. It's just something you have to get through. And um, once you get through it, it's just it's so bright on the other side. I mean, you, have, you learn so much your freshman year. You gain so much confidence coming back your second year. You already know what to expect. And I just tell them, keep sticking with it. And one day it'll just, just click for you, and it'll be so much easier. Catching up with Tyler Burton uh, on the Behind the Web show here on 99.5, 102.7 FM, 950 AM ESPN. I think we've got Coach Mooney back on the line with us the good old-fashioned way on the phone. Uh, We've been talking with Tyler 
good conversation with him, Chris, and I would like you to go back to last year, and I know we did this when we had Tyler at Glory Days with us last year. And by the way, there are some folks actually listening at Glory Days, they tell me tonight. Even though we're not there, they are there, and they've tuned in the show on their phone. So we certainly do appreciate that. So with that as the backdrop, Chris, can you go back and kind of tell the story again in the recruiting process of how it came to be that Tyler Burton is a Richmond Spider, even though his dad decided to be a Providence Friar and not a Richmond Spider. Yeah, so we, uh, I went to see, I was going to Florida to see uh, games, and um, I think, Tyler, was it in Tampa, I believe? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So I went to Tampa, and uh, Director of Basketball Operations, Will Guype, had given me the uh, the game schedule and, you know, what I was going to be doing that day, including the, the, uh, address to the, it was like a convention center. Well, he, the, you know, it, it, the convention center spanned acres and acres. And so I went into a couple of the wrong halls and, and these halls are gigantic now, Bob. I mean, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, eight floors and all these open rooms. So when I finally got the, Tyler, thank goodness, there was a, the game was in about the second quarter. Um, and I think the first possession, he got an offensive rebound tip in uh, and then was got back to block the shot on the other end uh, on the baseline. You know, and, and uh, you know, just right away stood out how much energy he played with, how skilled he was, um, and how good, you know, how active he was. And, you know, a lot of times guys who are athletic – but that athleticism doesn't always translate to to the game or to you know making great plays. You know, it might be a great jumper, jumps well in the dunk contest, but doesn't jump well in a crowd for rebounding. And I feel like Tyler's athleticism always shows up in the game in, in important ways. And so that was that was uh, I can remember this long, long walk outside, going from one um, one gigantic hall of the next of the convention center uh you know just sweating and then finally got to the thing and i had to decide whether to call willie and complain about his address that he gave me or to watch or to watch tyler closely so i'm glad i decided to watch tyler pretty closely yeah spider fans everywhere are glad that you made the right choice there how about you making that right choice tyler i know we talked about it last year but but what did it come down to at the end of the day for you? I know you were recruited by a lot of good schools, other schools in the Atlantic 10, New England schools, all that kind of thing. What did it eventually come down to for you? Uh, yeah, actually just going off Coach Mooney's story, really, I didn't realize it until uh, until kind of recently when I was talking to my dad about this the other day. Uh, I remember we were about to go get some food. This is, uh, this is I think, the day Coach Mooney saw me play. We were about to go get some food, and – he had texted me that he was from Richmond, and uh, we scheduled a call. I think it was either with Coach Mooney or Coach Jenkins. I'm not sure. But I remember he called, and I told my parents, like, yeah, go ahead. Go inside the restaurant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out here and take this call. And uh, that was when they offered me. And I, that, I had realized that that was the first time I'd ever told, like, told people, like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to hang back and take this call. Because before, like, the recruiting process is crazy. You kind of can tell coaches, like, I'll be free here and here. But that was the first time I was ever really actually excited. I didn't I didn't know why, but I was super excited for that for that call right there. Hmm. And uh, I think then, whether I knew it or not, in the back of my head, I had a feeling that was the place I was going to go to. And then when I stepped out on campus here, it just felt just like home. <laughs> that that's what most recruits say is that it does feel like home, both the campus and also what the coaching staff does to to make it feel like home. Chris, these are the crazy old days, aren't they? You can't get out and do any of this right now, can you? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Bob. I mean, that's I found myself uh, helping out with carpool a little bit more because we're not on the road nearly as much, and I'm not I'm not sure which is more taxing, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finish up here with with Tyler Burton. We'll let him go. We're getting down to the last uh, ten or fifteen minutes of the show. Uh, Tyler, how does this team bounce back now? This is a veteran team. That's one game. That's one loss to a top ten team in the country now. And you've got, uh, as it turns out, two great challenges now coming up this week with Vanderbilt on Wednesday night, another SEC school, and the recently scheduled game against Loyola on Friday. Yeah, I think being a veteran team, we don't keep to ourselves. Uh, he, you know, he had a tough loss yesterday. 
and um, a lot of teams might go quiet. A lot of young teams might not speak. But uh, as soon as we got back from the game, we were talking about things we need to improve on, things we need to get better at. And I think uh, our older guys are just doing a good job of letting us know we need, we need to be more aggressive. Uh, we need to make our shots. We need to take care of the ball better. And uh, we just really need to be zeroed in tomorrow in practice and preparation for Vanderbilt. Confident that's going to happen, and it's going to be a good day Wednesday in Nashville. Again, Tyler, congrats on the Player of the Week honor on the games last week, the double-doubles. Uh, look forward to watching you on Wednesday afternoon down there in Nashville. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. Tyler Burton, Spider, uh, sophomore forward, Atlantic 10, Player of the Week. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. we have one more segment with Coach Mooney. We promise we'll keep him on, linked into us through the commercial break and into our last segment. Behind the web at richmond.edu. If you have a comment or question, 804-638-9508 to text us. We continue after this, Behind the Web, a presentation of the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. When buying a car, you're supposed to ask questions. Some you can answer online, but others, how blinky is the blinker? And which way do the wipers wipe? Are things only a human could know. So CarMax has ours standing by to answer questions or in select markets, schedule a delivery or curbside pickup, regardless if you're buying online or on our lot. But what if I change my mind? Good question. Just bring it back within a week for a full refund, because that's the way it should be. CarMax. Hey, Spider fans, Food Lion is the proud sponsor of the Score to Give More program. For each free throw the Spiders make this season, Food Lion Feeds will donate 100 meals to a local area food bank. A total of 6,000 meals have already been donated in the community by the Richmond Spiders through the Food Lion Feeds Score to Give More program. Weekday afternoons at Steve on ESPN Richmond. That's right. Steve Zabin is back, and you can listen on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Plus, don't forget to listen on your smart speaker by saying, play ESPN Richmond. The radio on your dash is more than radio. That Sirius XM button is instant access to a world of exclusive entertainment, including ad-free music channels for every genre and decade. You can also hear your favorite sports, comedy, talk, and news. Plus, you can stream with the SiriusXM app on your phone and connected home devices. And there's never been a better time to listen. Subscribe now and get your first 12 months for 5 bucks a month with a new select subscription. Fees and taxes apply. Go to SiriusXM.com to learn more. We saved serious cash with our Progressive Home and Auto Bundle and used the money to buy a new boat. Who's ready to water ski? <laughs> This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough for a new boat. They'll probably spend it on rent or gas money or maybe one of those little plastic wading pools for the yard. Ahoy there! Is what the captain might say on the toy boat in your wading pool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Whether you're now at home or still in the car, it's your morning going with the Sports Huddle. Bob Black joins you 8 to 10 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball, this is Behind the Web on 99.5 and 102.7 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Spider Sports Network. Here's a steal by Wilson. Jai Bailey in for the Spiders, comes up with it, gives it back to Wilson, in the corner to Crabtree, high arcing three, good by Connor Crabtree. His first Spider field goal is a three ball from the right corner. That's what they're looking for for Connor. All right, finishing up behind the web with Coach Mooney here in our final segment. Again, we could slide in comments or questions if you've got them in the last uh, 10 minutes or so. Behind the web at richmond.edu, 804-638-9508 to text us. Chris, I know uh, Beck already asked you a little bit about Connor Crabtree earlier in the program. Let me expand upon it. And I don't know if you were on or you weren't on. I have no idea at this moment. I'll find out, that's for sure. But I don't know at this moment if you heard Tyler's answer when we talked to him about looking out on the court and seeing those names that we just described in the end of the game play-by-play clip there, Isaiah Wilson and Jai Bailey and Connor Crabtree, and knowing that we're not rushing this season, of course, down the road, there's some of the core with a Tyler Burton that you're going to be looking at in Spider uniforms. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, Those are some good players out there, and, uh, you know, it's this freshman class, um, 
of course, has an advantage. Now, they have a disadvantage of being behind some really good players, but an advantage of being able to practice and work out and see how those guys play and what they're able to do and, you know, how they, you know, they kind of see the, uh, the progression, you know, the see, see the high, high part of the progression of those guys. So, yeah, I, I, um, it's exciting. I, I think Crab, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about him and, you know, so happy for him. You know, he's so excited after the first few days that he practiced and has a great energy about him, you know, in, in everything that he does. Loves basketball, loves playing. Uh, and again, good today in our workout. So I'm, I'm really excited about him. I think Isaiah, you know, I, I, I need to get him in there more. It, it's hard, you know, um, you know, Jacob probably doesn't, <laughs> Jacob, he might not know how to check out of a game, you know, uh, at this point. <laughs> so, uh, we'll have to review that, but, um, but I need to get him in there more because he, he really does bring, uh, you know, another really uh, intense defensive guard and a guy who can really do some things on offense as, as he has done when he's been in there. So I just need to pull that trigger, get him in there, get those guys some rest. Um, and, and, you know, Andre Weir has had a good couple of weeks here. Uh, and Jai, same thing with Jai. You know, um, the, the forwards are playing at such a high level now. It's, you know, it, and, and again, when you're, when you're playing a good schedule, everything, everything changes a little bit. And, and uh, you know, you'd like to get guys in there for a longer period of time. But when you play, you know, when you're playing at, you know, a great team, you're not, you're not going to have a lot of chance. You're not going to have a big opportunity to, to you know, investigate and see what, you know, experiment with different lineups. So, uh, but I, I really do like those guys and, and think, you know, obviously Tyler being a, you know, a, a potentially great, great player and, and uh, those guys with him, I, I think will, will be, will be really good. And uh, the guys we have coming in, we're excited about. So we're, we're, we're very, very pleased and excited about the future. Yeah, Tyler sounded really excited in talking about them as well for the future. Again, not rushing the present, obviously. Uh, you mentioned the schedule. I feel like I'm going to ask you this question once every week because it's probably going to happen once every week. But how did the Loyola game come to be this Friday in Indianapolis? I think I was kidding with Beck yesterday. These days, Chris, it's almost like you're, you're a couple of AAU coaches and you're just talking yeah. and you're like, hey, we're free on this day. Are you free? Yeah, let's just get together and, and we'll play a game of college basketball. How'd this one come together? Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, you know, Marcus Jenkins and uh, Will Guy helps Marcus with our scheduling. And you, you need a few people on it these days because, the, you know, there's just a lot of, talk and calls and when a cancellation happens you have you potentially pick up another opportunity uh and we had been talking about indianapolis with a couple of different teams you know and and you know this is just a very sped up process of how recruiting works um and so i talked to porter uh, Mosier, the coach of loyola chicago and uh, you know porter was an assistant at st louis and um, a great guy, and, and, and we've been talking, you know, obviously a great program. Uh, and we talk, you know, and, and, and hang out at the Final Four and talk throughout the year uh, once in a while. And we, he just started talking that, you know, their team has missed some games. They're coming back, and he, you know, is looking into playing at Indianapolis, which is where the whole NCAA tournament will be. Uh, would we be interested? And so at first we were a little bit interested, and then as time goes on and as we lost – another game or two, we were more and more interested. And so Loyola is scheduled to play on the 16th in Indianapolis as well. So we talked a little bit about, should we do the game in Indianapolis, in Richmond, or in Chicago? And one, one thing about a neutral that, that's helpful is then you don't have to return the game or you know, throw off the balance of your schedule for the, for the next year. And, and you know, you know, that, that's not as important as getting games right now. But you know, when we pick up Wofford, you know, we have to return that game next year down there. And that's a great game, and we're, we're happy to do it. But you're, you're, you're basing that off of needing the game that <laughs> two days later. Yes. That's why you're entering into that agreement, and you're not, you're not looking at the big board quite as much. So, uh, so that's how it came about, and, and we're going to go right from Nashville. Um, you know, that's, a, that's an early tip, an afternoon tip will go – uh, we'll eat something after the game and then go right to Indianapolis from there. So, um, you know, so we think that worked out pretty well. Uh, we've been on the road. You know, we played a lot more road and neutral games 
than, than we usually would in, in the non-conference season. Uh, we're, we're usually about a little bit unbalanced in favor of games in the Robin Center, but uh, this is a different time and, and great opportunity and a, a team that was a co-favorite in the Missouri Valley with Northern Iowa. So uh, hopefully that'll have a chance to be a, I'm sure it'll be a, a great team that we're playing and hopefully it'll have a chance to be a good game for us. Do we uh, have a game time yet for Loyola Chicago? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so we don't have a game time yet, but we have a gentleman's agreement uh, that'll be an afternoon game. Uh, right. And since so, you know we we have Sunday, December twentieth, open right now, and uh, we would we could potentially pick up a game on that date. Now, there's nothing right now. That looks very promising, but in this day and age, things can change quickly. And so if we were to play that, we'd want to be home by the evening of the 18th. And so that's that's why we agreed to that. What happens to the Duquesne game that was originally scheduled for the 19th? And, of course, they've paused their program because of the COVID-19 testing results. Right. So now when, once it gets into conference, that, that'll be where things are a little bit different because – uh, the conference right now is is trying to finalize what what are the rules of engagement. You know, so if a team was paused and and were due to come out of it on a Tuesday, but they were going to play at Dayton on Saturday, could they say, "Hey, we need a few more days of practice"? But if they're playing somebody at home that they feel is a favorable matchup, they might say, "Yeah, let's play. We're ready to go." So, and how many scholarship guys need to be available and you know, at that point too. I mean, that that's uh, that will take place in um, a couple of weeks. But over the next couple of months, will the contact tracing be any different? Will the rules surrounding it be any different if the vaccine is making its way to some of the more uh, impacted? You know, you know, all those things might might come into play. So um, I don't know, Bob. But to answer your question, we we don't have we don't share by dates. In other words. We have two buy dates built in the schedule. Duquesne has two buy dates. We, those are not common. However, you know, the game is at Richmond, and they'll be at GW. I believe they're at Mason. I'm not sure about VCU. So they could tack that onto the trip and, you know, make for a busy week. But I, I would assume that's what it's going to probably have to be. So our new tradition, you know it well, is instead of starting with a question from Ivan, we end with the question from Ivan, but you have now answered both of them from Ivan today, so we have <laughs> upheld the tradition because he wanted you to tell us about Vanderbilt, and you've already done that. And then he asked how COVID nineteen has changed basketball. And boy, did you just answer that question, Chris? <laughs> so, yeah, pretty yeah, significantly. Yeah, pretty significant. So you got them both. So appreciate the uh, the text there, Ivan, and you did get a a well thought out answer to both of those questions. All right, Chris, uh, thanks. Um, We will not be with you in Nashville or Indianapolis, but we will be watching you and somehow calling the games. It'll be a little bit different. This is Embrace the Weirdness for the Broadcasters Week as well. So good luck on the road trip, safe travels, and we will see you and talk to you when you get back. And we'll do another one of these shows in 2021, and I promise, technically, it'll be much better than it has been these first few weeks. No, all good. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Chris Moody, Spiderhead Beds basketball coach. It is Behind the Web. Thanks to Greg Beckwith as well, who was with us for about the first half hour of the program, and Tyler Burton, who was our special player guest and, again, is the Atlantic 10 Player of the Week. Uh, Matt Joseph, really appreciate all your help today, scrambling around, trying to get everybody on the air and keep everybody on the air as well. We are on Wednesday. We will have a broadcast. It's going to be our first remote broadcast. It's Richmond at Vanderbilt. We're on the air at 1230 with our pregame show, The Spiders and Vanderbilt Commodores at 1 o'clock. That's when Greg and I will talk to you next with Spider Basketball right here on 99.5, 1027 ESPN. You've been listening to Behind the Web, featuring head men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Lux Chevrolet, CarMax, Bright Sweet, Food Lion, and by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Join us Monday nights from 6 to 7 throughout the college basketball season for Behind the Web.
Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship stations of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer, Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Learfield IMG College in association with Richmond Sports Properties. The NFL is back. And so is every primetime game all season right here. Your home for the National Football League is 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg. This is 